How can this be? Sup, y'all. Good to be back. Uh, recording this on August 17th, uh, which happens to be my anniversary. I got a, uh, a brief respite from the uh, from the wife to record uh, the intro here. Um, you know, this, uh, this pod is going to be dropping uh, Wednesday the 18th. So, um, you know, here we are. We're back again. Uh, I've been hitting you with a lot of content for your earballs lately. Um, and between that and you know, I've I've also transcribed some of my thoughts and ideas through the majesty of the written word um, on on the blog. I uh, put one out. Um, it's going to be out tomorrow. The well, when you're listening to this, the 18th. So today, I guess. Um, you know, about the, uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald, uh, the, the boat that there's a song by Gordon Lightfoot about, uh, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald for some reason, once every few months, I fall down an Edmund Fitzgerald rabbit hole. And that happened to be this past weekend. So, um, you know, I saw, I'll give you the, the cliff notes version, um, you know, definitely go read the, uh, the, the piece. I, I worked very, very hard on it and I laid the sarcasm on extra thick in it, um, for you. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully you'll enjoy it. So, so basically what happens is for like the last four years, I, I used to listen to the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald when I was, at the tail end of my tenure at Rick and, you know, my, uh, the, the beginning of my, my tenure at, at post, um, and, you know, up through till present day. So like once every, once every three to four months, something happens where I end up on this Edmund Fitzgerald kick. I'm reading articles. I'm looking at weather patterns. I'm, I'm checking out wind knots. I'm, um, looking at pictures and, how did this happen? And for what reason I've decided to hyper focus on this random ship that sank almost a decade and a half before I was born and was like 1500 miles from where I was born and grew up and and currently still to this day cuz you know it hasn't moved. I've uh moved closer to it from my childhood home, so um cut down a few few more miles so i'm coming for you wreck of the edmund fitzgerald maybe i'll just live in a houseboat on lake superior above you uh really you know drop anchor and see how things go so um you know back like i said uh again putting out two episodes a week it's tough i gotta say it's it's been uh been a lot but it's it's been fun i'm, I'm glad i'm on a a good a good role here you know we're recording a couple times a week get the episodes out right away so that i can provide you with some some more content you know to to really to really pleasure you through a drive or a, a train commute or a bus ride or maybe a plane trip i don't know planes trains automobiles that's the name of justin lang's bag baby so you know, uh, this, uh, this episode, I had, uh, old friends of the program, um, guys that I lovingly refer to the three of us as, uh, some of the hottest small market hoops ish podcasters 
in the Northeast. Uh, Dan Morse and Sophie Priap from the Morse Code podcast. Uh, they'll be on. We uh, we get a chance to chit chat about the Malice in the Palace documentary. Um, we started off with uh, our uh, meeting our quota for Tom Brenneman talk. Um, you know, every every episode we we spend at least fifteen minutes on the Brenneman Castellanos Homer. Even still, to this day, I mean, every time I see it, I think about this all the time. I can't believe it happened. Um, and I. To this day, like I said, every time I watch it, I laugh out loud. Everything about it is hilarious. Um, you know, obviously not the, the the situation that caused it. That's not funny at all. But what happened that, you know, the, the apology and the Castellanos dinger during the apology is, uh, is totally uh, ridiculous and hilarious as a result. Um, so we talked about that. We talked about the Yankees' outdated facial hair and clothes crop haircut rules. Like, to play for the Yankees, it's like you're you're going to sign up for the Marines in, like, 1955. You're getting ready to go to Korea to battle on the front lines there. Um and you know a couple other things you know we we talked uh talked some ridiculous stuff we talked some uh got a couple good nba related mailbag questions in that we we chit-chatted about um so yeah so there's there's that um you know that that'll be on after uh after this short portion featuring yours truly uh wraps up here in, in just a couple of minutes but um so stay tuned for that um yeah, and uh, Bachelor in Paradise is back. I'm excited. We didn't have BIP last year uh, due to due to COVID, so I'm I'm really fired up. It's nice that I've basically only had to go a handful of Mondays during you know the 2021 calendar year. Uh, Sands Bachelor franchise. Uh, they're just rolling them right into one another. You know, the, it started in 2020 when they brought back uh, brought back Claire uh, to, to start the season. She was atrocious, maybe one of the worst. And then they replaced her with Tasia. And then once that season ended a week later, like a week after the, the Tasia-Claire combo season ended, uh, they had the Matt James season. Then there was a few mo- a few uh, Mondays off where um, you know they were doing the recording and and the entire Bachelor Bachelorette uh, dog and pony show to get ready for Katie's uh, season. So that just wrapped last week. She picked Blake Moines, uh, who was a contestant on Claire and Tasia's season. So. Um, they're engaged. We'll see if that finishes holding any water. Some of these typically don't. A majority of them actually don't end up working out. So, um, you know, we're back with, with BIP this past, uh, this past Monday, yesterday, um, or, you know, by the time you listen to this Monday. So, um, excited for that to be back. Interesting that they went with the, 
guest host dynamic. I kind of dig it, honestly. Um, you know, they they had uh, they had David Spade uh, do it this week. He was the one in charge. I know they got uh, Lil John coming out. They got Titus Burgess, who I don't think I've seen him in anything other than he was the uh, the friend in uh what was that show the unbreakable kimmy schmidt and lance bass is supposed to be on the show so uh, a lot of guys that uh, haven't seen in a while uh but some you know good characters nonetheless looks like we might get a little uh a little lil john next week but i won't count those chickens until i hat until they hatch so we've got that going on um a lot of fun fan favorites are back as well as some of the most irritating people i've ever seen on reality television uh, victoria who's morphed from calling herself a queen now to a goddess uh she's irritating carl who was on katie's season he's like a motivational speaker i can't fathom Anybody that I would want to take motivational speaking from less than this fella, Carl, everything he says out of his mouth makes me cringe. My skin crawls. I shudder. It's bad. I don't know anybody that would want to hang out with a guy like this. And he, like nothing about him is cool. He's a loser and irritating not a justin lang type of guy not in the slightest so got that going on a lot going on in the world right now uh i'm not gonna discuss it i'm gonna make this uh an easy listen for you you know we're not gonna get into foreign policy or or you know microbiology or anything of the sort However, I will chime in with this. The irony is not lost on me that the same people I see sharing things about foreign domestic policy and relations and vaccinations and I don't know if you guys have heard there's a pandemic kicking around out there still doesn't surprise me that these same people that are are posting this stuff are the same people that I went to high school with that failed civics and failed remedial biology but they have all the answers even though they're doing nothing of the sort work-wise now they're the foremost authority because they found it on the internet. Not the world's top scientists or international diplomats with experience in this sort of thing, but your run-of-the-mill baggage handlers from small-town New Hampshire. I mean, it's just not lost on me, guys. And spare me. Nobody listens to you. We just think you're all loons. So there's that. Um, I'll leave that there. But 
Um, yeah, just uh, celebrated uh, third anniversary with the wife. Um, things are going well. Our, our marriage is is terrific. So very excited um, that she let me sneak away for a couple of minutes here to to record this, um, so that I could put the episode together. So you know, we stay on schedule. But um, like I said, stay tuned. Here we got uh, Dan and Soapy from the Morse Code Pod talking Malice at the Palace and some other stuff. So it was fun, man. Always fun getting together and, and hanging out with those guys. Um, so yeah, um, you know, I'll be back, uh, be back later in the week. You got another, another guest coming on, uh, recording with me. Um, this one's going to be fun as well. Uh, one of the, one of my, my compadres from, from hoops, who's well-traveled many, 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 many stories. It'll be a fun listen. So, um, you know, stay tuned for that. Make sure you check out the blog, uh, that I've, I've been starting to keep up with again at how can this be or no sorry the blog is how can this be dot blog uh follow on instagram and twitter at hctb pod on both platforms follow me on twitter and instagram at jlang20 on both platforms and yeah so got uh got some stuff good stuff planned for you got some good pieces i'm writing coming out got some good pod guests coming up so you know, let me know if there's anything uh, you want to see me talk about, you want to hear me talk about, write about, whatever. I'm, I'm open. I'm suggestible right now, okay? I'm open to advice, anything I can do to make the product better. Um, but, yeah, so uh, without further ado, I'll, I'll throw it over, so stay tuned. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see you later in the week. All right. Bye. and the Morse Code Podcast back together again. Boys, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing great, bro. D- Glad to be well, back. Yeah. yeah, good to have More you More than happy to be back. It's been a while. Yeah. It has been a while. What's new with you guys? Not much. I'm trying to think last time we talked or like got on a show together. It's probably ours. Yeah, probably some Brenneman. Definitely talked to Brenneman. I don't know what else we thought. That's like just like the gold standard. You went you went viral with uh, Brenneman and Castellanos last week. You had <laughs> oh, a big super week. viral. That was pretty funny. Some of those comments that I saw, like I think both you guys see as well, were so funny. Like uh, yeah. that one when I still don't understand. I think you kind of like stirred the pot a little bit, Soapy. But he was like, "Oh, like you don't. I guess you don't know how this meme works or like something else." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, yeah. Right, bro." Or, like, yeah, this is uh, actually else? exactly how it works, man. Th- those memes about? are pretty funny. <laughs> I think <laughs> for those of you who don't know, it's like the my 2020 plans and the Delta variant. But they're mm. also so sad because it's like, all right, like that is actually becoming more and more true as we get closer to fall. It's yeah. looking like more and more like those memes are going to refre- reflect reality. But yeah, it was pretty yeah. funny. I was thinking about, I think maybe I'll form this in the form of a question. How often do you think you, like, without any sort of, like, instigation, like, think about the, like, Tom, like, Tom Brenneman event? Or, like, oh, Ms. my Kaz- God. At least Tom. once a week. It has to be. At, like, a minimum. 
once a week. I think yeah, about probably it every day, multiple right? times a day. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That was definitely the the low end of the spectrum. <laughs> I'm never I'm never gonna think about like Tom Brenman again, Castellanos, obviously. And definitely never gonna look at a four-nothing ball game the way ever again. Never like again. four nothing in any score. I'm never not gonna be able to think about that. But it also made me think like how big do you still think that's like a niche story? Like I'm curious how know. many people really know about it. I think it's bigger on the internet than it is in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's probably fair, but it's like I don't know Wait. how like I think a lot of like us as in the three of us and probably a lot of our listeners. Mm-hmm. probably saw it from like people like Tyler or like people on NBA Twitter, mm-hmm. but I don't know how big of like a big of like a circle that is. I don't think like diehard, like baseball, real baseball people probably know it as like the serious side of the event. Yeah. Which I could care, couldn't care less about. I care about like the, the Brenneman slander and like the Nick Castellanos. Well, I remember like um, <clears throat> shortly after it happened, there was a, 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 a piece on the ringer about it so okay. it made it into like mainstream oh wow yeah it, oh no it's it, a big it deal of, but it kind of broke it down i think uh it's it a long time ago i read this but it, it kind of yeah. broke it down why it was such like a hilarious internet moment and we're all chronically on twitter mm-hmm. so i think we know it more than most yeah. so <laughs> i mean I it, that's it. an all-time moment yeah it's never gonna get old Never. I, I laugh every single time it, it comes on. Um, for those of you unaware of what we're talking about, uh, we, we've we've recapped this many times, and it's only fitting we started out here again. Sophie, you want to take the reins here, pal? Oh boy. Uh, I, I try to do my best to keep it concise. Basically, they Tom Brenneman commentating a Reds Royals game mm-hmm. uh, in Kansas City, and apparently that place in his eyes is known as a certain capital of the world, uh, mm-hmm. a homophobic slur, Correct, apparently sure. a huge population of, of uh, such people. And he said that, and he thought it thought that they had cut to commercial. And I thought the volume of, at which he said that makes it even funnier because it mm-hmm. was so casual. Well, like that quick, rolled right off the tongue. Thinking back, I don't even know if I've actually heard. That's like the least of like the story, like audio wise. I probably heard the actual clip like maybe once. Like yeah. what Brenneman said, it's everything oh. that happened afterwards was like the big <laughs> thing. But my, I just thought of this: is that something Kansas City is like? No, is there any factual evidence to what he said? Like there are places like Provincetown or like I live in Maine. Like a Gunkwit, Maine has a very large yeah. like gay population. San Francisco, San Francisco. Like, is yeah. there any merit to why Tom Brennan would say that? He just seemed like he was having a shitty day. He was like, "Oh, yeah, fucking Kansas City." I'll tell you but, a thing or two about Kansas City. In my humble opinion, I never would have guessed. Very low on the list, right? I mean, I pretty no low idea. on the list of things. I've never Kansas put City. the two together. Yeah, like barbecue would be at the top. That'd be the first yep. thing I'd think of. Like, you know, he didn't go with barbecue capital. Yeah, City definitely did not. Sure didn't. I also think that a place like that where even the, it, it's weird to me that like uh, Missouri and like the Ozarks are considered the south when really, if you look at a map, they're literally in the middle of the country. Pretty central. Yeah, I consider um, it pretty central. But so like like I usually don't associate a large gay population with uh, any America. place that isn't like liberal, like super yeah. liberal. Sure. So I was like, safe, that safe doesn't place. really make sense to me. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah. a weird opinion to start out. That would have been if the that would have oh. been funny if his counterpart had been like, "Oh no, actually, it's very straight here." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another game in Florida, the vaccination capital of the world. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Disaster down there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, um, go ahead, Justin. I'm sorry. But yeah, no, the yeah the clip when when he actually says it when he actually says it, mm-hmm. and then there's like maybe 10 seconds of dead air like an uncomfortably long amount of dead air like mm-hmm. oh shit i just realized i got caught on a hot mic but i don't know what to do mm-hmm. and then they hop in it's like cincinnati reds baseball is brought to you by <laughs> yeah. it hops right into the ad but yeah. then yeah the fourth later... inning is always brought to you by town fair tire <laughs> <laughs> so yep. f- fifth inning comes around it's three nothing, yeah. red legs. Sure was, and Nick Castellanos comes up to the plate, which he's evidently just like a harbinger Notorious. of doom for yeah. for announcing <laughs> calls. Yep. Um, but uh, Dan or, or Soapy, either of you want to want to take this one because I know I know you're you're very very well versed in the Brenneman stylings there, Dan. So I think Dan's got it. I don't know it by heart. I honestly haven't heard it in a while, but in essence, it was just, it was, they came to the conclusion that Brendan needs to apologize and also is fired. And I guess like during, not, I guess this happened like mid apology, the apology seemed to be going fine. Typical, like, nay, um, for some reason, wanted to throw in that he was a man of faith, (laughs) whatever else he threw into it. And then obviously they don't stop the game for this. Mm. So the game's happening. Castellanos connects, as he often does. Great power mm-hmm. hitter. Middle of the lineup guy. Yep. Uh, Parks one. The other the other better, good aspect of the story was it was in the middle of 2020. Empty stadium. Yep. Pandemic. So you heard everything. <laughs> Crack of the bat. And I think the best part that we always talk about is like what was going through Brenneman's head when that happened. Like just oh. like a, I have like two seconds to make my mind up if I want to address this or not. Mm. Uh, fuck it. Castellanos. That's a deep drive to left. And that's going to be a home run. And that's <laughs> going to make it a four, nothing ball game. And then like, I've always said like a pro's pro, he just gets right back into it, finishes apology. And I don't know what happened next. I know they replaced him, which is another hilarious part of the whole saga. They, they went to the bullpen and brought in someone else, I guess to finish. And, uh, what? That was the last time anyone's seen Tom Brenneman at a yeah. baseball game. Castellanos parks it into deep yeah. left to make it a 4 nothing ball game. And Brenneman, no idea if he's going to be putting on this headset again. That's the, that's the other great line. Yep. And here's, here's my question about, about that, which I never thought of until right now when you, when you brought it mm-hmm. up. They had, to, they had to call to the bullpen. They're on the road. Like, who do they just have at the ready to come in and take over? Also, why wasn't it just a two-man booth and they just go to like the the color commentary guy and yeah, just like lose the play-by-play? Hmm. Uh, I feel like the play-by-play is probably more important than the color commentator. No, but just make the color. The yeah, color that's a, guy that's a big ask. That's a big ask. I don't know. Uh, this guy didn't be ask. easier than like having <laughs> someone come in though. That guy didn't ask yeah. for any of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's just showing up to do his job. It, it makes me think. I'm, of, not, uh, I'm not built for this. <laughs> <laughs> they should have had a camera on the second guy you during mean the you're letting Brenneman go yeah yeah i'd like to see that 
Yeah. yeah like he's just, he's this, he's there to talk about uh, obscure stats from a middle yeah. relief for he's a Reds color a commentator in the middle of August in a pandemic season. Like this guy yeah. did not sign up for this. There's this not this guy's the pay Royals. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. It, it reminds it me, me of, of, I was going to go, go, re- go first. I was, no, I was gonna say real quick. It reminds me of that clip of when, um, Giannis and Chris Middleton are at a press conference and Giannis just gets up and leaves <laughs> in the middle of a question and Chris Middleton's uh, just kind of like awkwardly, yeah, just answers the question for him. <laughs> oh, you, you were asking about effort or <laughs> like whatever you asked him about. Chris Middleton wearing his glasses for some reason and like a hooded sweatshirt. It's a great clip, but that's literally exactly probably what it was. But that's, that is a good point. That was, I don't know who they went to, like someone in the truck or yeah literally the cameraman like yeah do they have like a like how they always have a reserve umpire or a reserve referee they just had somebody like in the wings just in case getting loose in the back jump roping or something you know (laughs) or i guess it doesn't make sense because it's an empty stadium but almost like on an airplane Mm -hmm. i know you don't have like backup pilots but you have like air marshals right like Mm camouflaged into the crowd like everyone else right so someone in the stadium just gets like a buzz to their phone like this is it <laughs> we've we've practiced this we've went over the drill but this isn't a drill Bren- brenneman dropped a big one yeah we need get you up out. here by the time we get back from uh, station identification you've been asking I, for your chance and you're about to get it opportunity it, knocks it makes me think of if they brought in the color guy it makes yeah. me think of major league when they're terrible yeah. and Bob Euchre yeah. is drinking Blacks the whole out. time yeah. <laughs> and yep. he passes out and he's like, you got it from here, Marty. And just passes yeah, yeah. out on the table. And the guy hits like a line drive and he's leaning to make his line drive. The guy catches it <laughs> caught. <Yeah>. That's it. <laughs> yep. More or less. Um, so anyway, there's 20 minutes on Brenneman just to hit the, yeah. hit the quota. We, we hit our the quota. box. <laughs> Shout That's out irrelevant. to all of the uh, the close personal friends. Hopefully you'll Boy. you'll listen and enjoy this. Uh, well, then uh, was it who's it? Marty Brenneman was that his son yeah. or his father? His he dad. Was, yeah, he's thrown himself into the mix too. Great. For, hey, again, like a pro's, pro. a pro's pro. His dad is just being a dad. Hit. Marty Brenneman, longtime baseball announcer too. Is he too? So he knows. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he, he may have been business. the Reds' previous announcer. Yeah, that sounds right. Kind of like a radio? Joe Buck thing. Maybe that's yeah. how Tom got Marty's job. Maybe Marty said some problematic shit before it was recorded. Oh, I'm sure. It's just now Tom Brenneman's son filled in for Tom. And now we're just waiting for <laughs> Brenneman's son to say something just as terrible. He never it, responded to the tweet. Yeah, poor guy. No, I tagged him in the meme bad. and yeah, still haven't heard back. Tom Brenneman's dad must be pretty old, no? Oh, he's got to be, be on mad. Twitter. I feel like Tom oh, yeah. Brenneman's almost too old to be on Twitter, let alone his father. Yeah. One thing I noticed about Marty Brenneman was that in his profile, it says something like, now that I'm done commentating, I've decided to make this a pub- public page. So, oh. <laughs> so that guy's like, you know, that that guy already is like hypersensitive to any sort of criticism. And oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, while, while I'm still calling games, you ain't getting shit nah. on this page. He's opening <laughs> the floodgates. You are not tweeting at me. Marty Brenneman is 79 years old. Getting to agree. Yeah. I wonder who the That's oldest guy old. on Twitter is. You think there's anyone in their 90s on Twitter? Active oh, on there's... Twitter? Oh, yeah. I... 
I'm trying to think. I, do I know any famous people in their 90s that would be? Betty I White, feel like, is she on Twitter? Bill Russell, oh? he's got to be close. Bet, oh, I said yeah, Betty Bill White. Russell. Bill Russell is a good that's one. That's right. Yeah, yeah, all those NBA guys are on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like they kind of have to be, the NBA guys. Yeah, Um yeah, Marty Brenneman recalled Reds games from 74 to 2019. I think he was on the radio, so he had a hell of a run. 2019, there. wow. 45 Damn. years. How about that? It's a lot of Reds uh, baseball. But, yeah, I got our got our Marty Brenneman or Mar- Tom yep. Brenneman out of the way. Um, yep. Like I said, I'm, I'm doing, like, radio voice here now. Joined here by, by Dan and Soapy of the Morse Code podcast. Uh, we uh, had these guys on. Uh, we wanted to get together and, and talk about the Malice in the Palace documentary that came out on Netflix the other day, oh, um, which I thought it was fantastic. I know Soapy's mm-hmm. got War and Peace worth of notes over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, so yeah. what what did you kind of take away from from the whole thing? I mean, this is the first real documentary they ever put together about it that, you know, we've mm-hmm. got the insider knowledge of now. So my biggest question is the whole thing was done by Jermaine O'Neal. Like it's from his perspective, from his eyes, obviously there's other people in it, um, but he's the executive producer. So it's considered his project. How the fuck did he, what, what were like the chain of events for him to get the guy, uh, Charlie Haddad or whatever, the fan oh, onto yeah. it. Cause clearly like there's still, bad blood like Jermaine O'Neal is still pissed about the whole thing that guy still called it a bitch move and it's like well that guy almost like knocked you out for good so I was really curious about that I forget who said that maybe it was Steven Jackson and I've heard this before but it was good to hear it in the documentary everyone I've heard talk about it said if Jermaine O'Neal connected on that punch that guy would be dead and I I agree (laughs) like on those multiple angles and it was only because he slipped on the, on the water on that plant foot. If he didn't slip, that guy's head's He's in the swirling hospital, around like least. Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Think, yeah, I that think, was tough. I don't know what Jermaine – you think Jermaine O'Neal was, like, casting the documentary? Not necessarily casting, but I am – I'm just curious about, like, yeah, would he how they even brought want it together. the um, – Yeah, would he even want the perspective and, like, the potential – Mm-hmm. Uh, like you don't know if if the guy is going to be like, oh no, I I realized I was wrong and what I did, nah. and clearly he didn't. Like that guy nah. was a jackass. That guy it almost seems like that. Worst. Like he's that guy's made this like his full time job since two thousand five. Like just he's kind of like the like sons and four tour. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Is he on cameo? Probably. <laughs> he probably will be after this. Did you notice? <laughs> was it just me or did that guy look very different from how he looked in twenty? 2005 yeah he looked like a different yeah. person almost he kind of like looked a like turtle race. from entourage like pre- in 2005 yeah, yeah he looked like fat turtle when it first yeah. happened and then really he just did. looked like a different person so looked like a deli owner <laughs> yeah. now like why uh, <laughs> no i i thought it i thought it was good too i thought it was probably the best the best thing we've had since last dance which i know mm. wasn't a super long time ago but i yeah. wish i i think I don't know. I guess I was, I almost said, I thought it was a little longer, but I guess at that point, if, if that was the angle, like you said, it was definitely a, from the Pacers point of view, which is yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I can't really imagine what else there would be. Uh, but no, I thought it was good. The couple, a, a couple of quick general notes I took, I thought were funny. And I think we can all 
agree to this. I think we're all, you know, around the same age. I think we all started watching basketball around the same time. That was like a great time for basketball. Like the mid 2000s really were awesome. Like between, it was like that weird time, like between the Lakers dynasty and like LeBron really taking off. Mm-hmm. that that was a lot of fun i forgot how good the eastern conference was like that year yeah. and the year before like those pacers and pistons teams were sick and then maybe one of the funniest things i saw i wouldn't be surprised if soapy noted this too they showed the pistons pacers series from the year before i think it was this clinching game there yeah. was a graphic they came up it was 59 to 59 with four minutes left yeah the- I, yeah, I literally the just final said that was, to you. The final was 69-65. <laughs> yeah, you just texted that. Like, that's pro- I think that's really the first thing I wrote down. I was like, we, we've come a long way since mid-2000s Eastern Conference basketball. That I, must have been I, fucking miserable. Like, I had to man. pause it, and mm-hmm. I, I, I watched it. My wife and I watched it together. Yeah, And I paused it and I got up and I walked over to the TV and I pointed to the score bug and I was like, can you believe how much time is left and what the score is? And she has no concept. She's like a hockey girl. So Mm -hmm. she's like, is that low? I mean, like, you know, you coached hoops for a while. Those were kind of normal for your games. I'm like, yeah, but like I was coaching like bad basketball players. Yeah, for sure. You know, college kids at like division three, like these guys are in the NBA, like, this game right. should not be 59 to 59 with four to go in the game. Oh, like boy. it should be 59, 59 with four to go in the first half. Yeah. You know, that's what it would be now, but it was in that, like it was in that weird in between time between nineties bruiser basketball yep. and you know, where it's at today when it's just the run and gun shit with, yeah. you know, the, the full, I think Nelly ball with the warriors really was what sort of pushed it. You know, mm-hmm. with the, with all the threes to start, you know, but yeah, yeah I remember like there, there'd be games like that. And then there'd be like, I think that was maybe at the time or a little before, like the Mike D'Antoni Phoenix Suns, mm, where it was literally yeah. just like, if, if your possession takes more than seven seconds, like I'm calling a timeout and ripping everyone's ass because this is yeah. a failure. But yeah, yeah the NBA true. was a weird time back Shit, then. I forgot about the seven seconds or less Suns. The yeah, they were like, they were innovative. <laughs> like they literally man. impounding to sprint up the court yeah. and see how fast they could take a three and then just do that for 48 minutes. Um, it's too bad they never won anything, but whatever. I, I, I didn't, they're up there. Like, I forgot how good the Pacers were. That's what I'm saying. Like, they, like the Eastern, it was them. It was, um, and I think it, I think it kind of maybe wouldn't, I don't remember it as much because that was like towards the, basement of like celtics basketball in the last 20 years so it's like boy like basketball blows like this is like the i don't even know what era that was like the tony delk paul pierce like yeah that was it was the rogers it was the return of antoine era yeah that's right he briefly wore 88 yeah gary payton was on on those celtics teams that's when like the nets were davis yep Ricky Davis. <laughs> oh, that was a tough time. That was the Yeary Welsh era, as we all remember fondly. Oh. The uh, the other thing I wrote down, I'd like to maybe get your guys' opinion on. <clears throat> mm. Speaking of Last Dance, I noticed a lot of Ron Artest, Dennis Rodman similarities. Like, mm. just their personalities, their play style. Maybe even just the way they did the documentary. They also wore the same number, uh, 91. Uh, the, the, the parts about... Um, 
Ronner test like asking to take time off because the album release was coming out. I thought was pretty funny. And then that story of him like skipping practice to present at like the BET Awards, Source like, the Awards, Soul, the Source Awards. Excuse me. Yeah, was pretty good. Kind of Rodman esque. Um, yeah. And did you guys see this? I think Tyler, someone wrote it to Tyler on the Fun Report, asking about um, Ronner test being a Hall of Famer. I, that thought never crossed my mind once. No, in the past like twenty years, no. I don't. No. You don't see that happening, do you? I don't think no. this documentary helped, but I, I definitely don't don't see that happening. If if this fight doesn't happen, like maybe mm. his career has a different that's trajectory. Fair. Yeah, that's but fair. like he was good when he was young with the Bulls, and then yeah, the Pacers I, I forgot got about him. the. I, I kept thinking he came up with the Pacers, but no, it was Bulls. Mm. and then well he was on the kings too right yep was that uh, before yeah, the, the pacers or after after so when he yeah, okay, when he requested okay. that trade yeah they mm-hmm. he they put him on like the restricted list or whatever one of those you know not mm-hmm. active players lists until they could find a trade partner for him which ended up being yep. sacramento which he threatened right. to like retire and blow up the deal <laughs> or whatever yep and then then what then he went to la yep I think played yeah. with LA for a handful of years. Then he ended up in China for a little bit and mm, then came back to play for the Lakers for a couple of years. <laughs> Talk about an enchanted travel, you know, that guy had Jesus. Yeah. I think I remember him most as a Laker mm-hmm. Out, outside of a pacer, obviously. But I mean, also, yeah. I mean, they, I know they played Boston in the finals. That was interesting too. I wrote this down. I didn't, I didn't know this or remember this, but you guys saw that clip. I think it was during a, he was on the ESPN or something after they won the championship where he, he said, he's like, yeah, he's like, I, I bailed on the Pacers. Like, I feel bad about that. Like I apologize, blah, blah, blah. That was really weird to see. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I don't remember them talking about that at all. Um, no, me neither. Cause I think he's always been, obviously he's like, I, I think it's safe to assume like he's not wrapped too tight. Like he's like, there's yeah. something wrong with one <laughs> test, but he seemed pretty, not humble, but kind of, uh, I don't know. It, it, it did really put a humanistic touch, I guess, on some of this stuff because you saw every angle. Like, you saw how it started. You saw yeah. how it escalated. I mean, are the players at fault? Sure. But mm. at the same time, and I think everyone's talked about this after the fact, like, I think fans think there's, like, this imaginary – barrier between them and the players where it's like i can do whatever the fuck i want without the consequences and that night changed that forever until actually not for nothing until recently when the shit started like happening again again in the playoffs but yeah that was just just seeing it like from the wide angle views of like the whole arena what an absolute shit show like Mm. crazy event and you mentioned you watched it with your wife like my wife was in the room not really watching it though and I was just like, dude, like imagine being in like the third row with like your two kids and like your mm. family just watching this shit unfold. Like, yeah, elite level athletes like running into the crowd, throwing like haymakers. Mm. I don't know. I, yeah. Sophie, I don't know if you've lived through anything like that, but it it seems very scary. <laughs> I was going to say uh, for considering all the people that were involved in this and the two teams, uh, how the fuck? I'm looking at like the list of suspensions. Here. Yeah. So, so let's go through Soapy's notes. Yeah. Sorry. Please. Yeah. You got <laughs> Vo- good notes, volume man. one. <laughs> yeah. How the fuck did uh, relatively speaking, Rashid Wallace was a voice of reason in this whole thing. He didn't get any <laughs> sort of punishment. 
Not. And that's like one of the biggest wild cards in NBA history. I'd yeah. say so. Yeah. You, Very a good bizarre. Mix, good mix of players involved. Da- um, dangerous mix of players involved. Yeah. This is like, like, I think it was Ben Wallace that said it was like a, yeah. this is like a powder keg. Yep. Also, yeah. comparison to Last Dance, uh, Ben Wallace's voice and Scotty Pippen's voice Weird. are all time like, Mm-hmm. How is there that much bass in one person's like voice box? <laughs> yeah, that was also the time when Ben Wallace was the size of a tree. Uh, oh, yeah, so yeah it's very scary. He he might have been. Uh, what was it? He was like one of the strongest dudes in the NBA at that time. Like that I was everybody that. was like afraid to play against him just because he was such a bitch to play inside. Yep. Dude, he he also wore those bands like he was a fucking British bulldog. <sighs> Yeah, yeah <laughs> like that's what like, I always thought of whenever I saw him. Yeah, those are pretty fire. <laughs> I haven't seen those in a minute. And I, I don't didn't know what those do to benefit you playing basketball. Well, I didn't know strict that... blood flow to your biceps. I don't I make the muscles pop, baby. Yeah, just for sure. I didn't mm. know that he ripped those off and started like flinging those at people, and that was like a big catalyst yeah, and skitter. <laughs> Did not yeah, know yeah. that. Uh, yeah. The image of the cup coming at Ron Artest, I just pictured like a someone waiting for a punt and the football just tumbling end <laughs> over end. I was like, damn, that's hilarious. The way that they like really painted that. Cause apparently oh, yeah. everyone saw that. Like Reggie yeah. saw it. Steve Jackson yeah, yeah, saw yeah. it. And yeah, then... Re- Reggie was good. And I thought Reggie was, yeah, good. He was really Reggie good. was better in this than in the last dance for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was my biggest point is like Dan said earlier, we all grew up around the same time, like start, pretty mm-hmm. much watch the same era of basketball. I think we can all agree we would know what Reggie Miller looked like. Yo. Yo. Because <laughs> that was the wildest part of this story. Especially at an Indiana Pacers game. If I'm at a Pacers game and I see someone who looks like Reggie Miller, <laughs> yeah, there's probably a good chance that's Reggie Miller. <laughs> right. That so, yes, story was I like, uh, what did Reggie say? I think he was like trying to hold hold back our tests. And yeah. it was like well, with, well into the fight. And our test was about to be maced by one of the security guys. Yep. Security guy goes and, and grabs Reggie, who wasn't playing in the game. He was injured, so he's wearing a suit. And he had like a, a cast on his hand, too. So I feel like that's another giveaway. That's probably an athlete. Sure. Uh, yeah, at yep. the very least, if if you don't know it's Reggie Miller, you know it's probably a player. Guy mm-hmm. looks like fit as hell. Mm-hmm. And right. then uh, the cop is like, yeah, I mean, at the time, I didn't know that that was Reggie Miller. <laughs> it's like, that's probably the biggest name here, you idiot. Yeah. He's Imagine that happening gamer. to like Michael Jordan. And like I, I didn't know that that was MJ. Mr. Jordan, here's, this way. Here's please. another thing. <laughs> Reggie Miller is six foot seven. Yeah. It's not like he's like five, <laughs> five, ten, six feet. Yeah. Like, how many mm-hmm. people are at NBA games just walking around in a suit yeah. on the court that are six, seven? Just by context, <laughs> I have to be like, oh, he must play for one of these two teams. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. The way that they, all, uh, he's also like consoling the uh, players. Like, yeah, a yeah. random fan wouldn't just grab Ron test and like help him out of the arena. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't think. The way that yeah. they cut back to Steven Jackson after they showed that clip, and then Steven Jackson <laughs> was like, "How the hell you ain't know who Reggie Miller was?" <laughs> yeah, he was good in this too. Dude, you yeah. can tell like he is just so fucking exhausted from talking about this stuff. Oh, oh yeah. that was like oh. the best part. I think that's how it opened. It was like, it was like this is the last time I'll ever fucking talk about this shit again. Get yeah. that on camera. Don't ask me about this shit again. <laughs> All right, let's roll. <laughs> like, yeah. He, he's the best dude because he hasn't changed in 20 years. Like when, no, uh, whatever that was, which I love. Like he's terrific. Uh his he pot, him and Matt Barnes on all the smoke are terrific. Yep. 
Yep, I, I agree. Just I, I dig his whole personality, man. I mean, he's because mm-hmm. he's he's like a borderline crazy dude when mm-hmm. it came to like NBA, but he wasn't like full or test crazy dude. Right. But like, but he was just enough like either way to know what's going on and mm-hmm. not like he only ran into the stands because our test ran into the stands and he was trying yep. to be a good teammate. Yeah. No, he was very unapologetic. He's like, yeah. hey, like, and, and he may, he might be the greatest teammate of all time. Like, if you're on a team with Steven Jackson, like, he'll kill someone for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, yeah. not convinced he hasn't. He, he, yeah. <laughs> you know, he would have killed. They, I think they're, they're looking back. I think it was pretty fortunate. Like, that's all that happened. Like, I don't oh, think there yeah. were any major, like, hospitalizations or deaths, obviously. Like, that. Yeah, no. That got bad. That could have gotten worse. Like, for right. sure. Because they brought up another good point. I just thought of this. Remember that, like, the game was a blowout. So remember the like the arena was half empty at that time. You know, they were, if that was like a tie game, fourth quarter, like imagine that was like the playoff game, like all those emotions going full house. That could have been terrible. Mm. Yeah. Remember the, um, it was also funny hearing Steven Jackson's version of remember Scott Pollard's story to us. Yeah. Which one? About Ron Artest coming back to the locker room and after silence, oh, he yeah. was just like, so you think we're gonna get in trouble? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a great story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, that was good. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I think I, I so. think there's gonna be repercussions, Ron. Yeah, we, I, we might I hear from think David. Some people saw. Uh, the <laughs> one thing I wrote down, and we'll get back to you guys. But I, I thought this was funny, and I never thought about it till now. So this is while all this was happening. The game was clearly over. Yeah, all this was happening. Did. You- did you guys find it weird that Mike Breen just like kept announcing like what he was still <laughs> yeah. doing like play by play of what was happening? Yeah. Pros, pros. Isn't that weird? Right back to Brenneman. Like, absolutely. <laughs> like his first instinct wasn't to get his stuff and leave. He was like five minutes into the fight. Oh, and now, now Jermaine O'Neal's coming out of the floor. <laughs> I, I think it's weird between that and also being a camera guy there. Like imagine right, if like, what are we O'Neal doing? Like the, the production fight. is over. Like right. how is this still on ESPN? The, yeah. the camera Cut guys the are running in and like like moving their camera in between punches and shit. And <laughs> Rachel like, Nichols is trying to get her on court. Like <laughs> <laughs> I picture Jermaine O'Neal like like throwing one punch and then being like, "Hey, excuse me, do you mind moving to the left like one step?" <laughs> Grabs a towel like ready for his post game interview. <laughs> yeah, like what oh, what's going through your so head? Weird. What's like no one at ESPN head? said like, hey, like, let's like we're done here. Like, put on it's time for Sports Center or like yeah, like it's time throw, for the next scheduled show. Yeah, throw like, it Mike back Green, the stop. NBA countdown. Yeah, the game's over, Mike. Like you have to stop talking about what's happening. This isn't the I, game anymore. Jermaine O'Neal, bang. <laughs> <laughs> Connects with the right, bang. bang. That made it ten times better. Like that, that classic call, like our test is going into the crowd. Like that never should have been announced. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, like you don't, like they don't announce like in between plays, like what's going on or like during commercial breaks. I, I just thought it, it was weird that he was doing it. And I also wondered when, like, he stuck, like, did he just, once the arena's empty, he's like, all right, I should probably hang up my headset and <laughs> call it a night. Our test charges up to the third row. No good. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jackson from behind. How, how do you end that broadcast? Because usually it's like final score from yeah. the Palace at Auburn Hills. Yep. Indiana Pacers 95, Detroit Pistons 83. Have a good night, everybody. It's like <laughs> game ended reason, with 45 seconds left. Uh, for some reason, Sal Palantonio's on the court doing like a preview <laughs> of the next game. Sal Palantonio, ESPN. That would have been funny if they made them continue the game since it never actually concluded. Oh, Very good. Point. <laughs> they were just like, guys, I, I know this is quite the scene, but there's still yeah. 34 seconds. The, re- the refs on the court is holding the ball. <laughs> Call- <laughs> there's refs just calling technicals throughout the entire fight. <laughs> Technical. 91. A lot of, a lot of really shots. Would have been a real a lot of really happy over betters if that happened. Be like, all oh, right, man. there we go. That's an interesting 11 angle. Tax, all right, there we go. <laughs> That's an interesting angle if that counted towards whatever the over under was. I didn't oh, even know what an over under would be at that time. 112. Like, yeah, yeah. We're like the bar set at that. That would have been that would have been fantastic. Um, oh, you know what else I didn't know and. and this was a bigger part of a, the documentary than it, it. I thought it was going to be, I guess. I didn't know that really Jamal Tinsley was the guy that got our test to go after Ben Wallace. Mm. Didn't yeah. know that either. Yeah. That was interesting. I forgot about that too. Yeah. That was bullshit. Yeah. The whole reason it started was in other words, like it was completely un- unnecessary, completely. Unavoidable. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good point. That, that team was sick. That, that Pacers team was stacked. That yeah. was so fun to watch, dude. And I do feel for Reggie. It's like, um, you know, he's like, I'll come back. We we're He's like, we're clearly the best team in the league. And again, this is all hypothetical. Everyone obviously said, they're like, hey, like, we definitely would have won the championship if it's not for that. Maybe. But, yeah, from Reggie's perspective, it's like, it's probably my last year. This is the best team I've ever been on. And half my team just got suspended for two years. <laughs> I think I'm going <laughs> to hang them up. <laughs> did, they, did they end up? Uh, missing the playoffs that year i didn't look anything up afterwards did they make the i don't know that's a good point i, mean, I know like i'm pretty sure they made it and lost to the pistons because do you remember oh, that tayshawn prince chase down on reggie miller yeah, i'm was pretty that sure that was like that the game that ended his career ah, that's a tough one i didn't know that how tough about that luck. yeah that is tough um uh, so Who's who's more to blame here i guess for the for the fight mm. jamal tinsley or john green Came first, the chicken or the egg? I think John Green. <laughs> Is that the guy who threw the cup? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that that's the I wrote this in my notes, but I, I forgot to write down any context. I just wrote down guy who threw cup, worst guy ever with a question mark. Yes. Cause this whole time I was thinking about the guy who looked like turtle, but that's obviously not him. Mm. The guy who threw the cup was the worst. Oh, the worst. Because he threw the cup and then the other guy got like blamed for it, and he's the one who got his ass kicked by our test. Yeah. And then they interviewed the actual guy through the cup and that guy sucked. So like, he couldn't be any like less remorseful for what he did. Oh, is that he guy wa- the worst? He like wanted his 15 minutes of fame out of it. Oh, big time. He and that's, that that's hard. That's kind of like you were saying in the beginning, Sophie, but Jermaine O'Neal getting these guys. Uh, it is kind of weird, like to find these guys and like, li- like almost 20 years later, come back to do this documentary. If I was involved in that whatsoever, I think I would, I would be comfortable just putting that whole night behind me. And never want to like Steven Jackson's point, never wanting to talk about this again. 
Yeah, that guy, that guy, John Green, it's like he considered himself a WWF heel or something. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, no, nah, I got to I got to buy into this. Yeah. Oh, I'm in. I'm all in, daddy. Was he in it in present day? I can't remember. Yeah. No, I, I don't think oh, so. I thought he was. was. I think oh, maybe he was had, like an old like, like news story old or something. Clips yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't think but they yeah, wanted still, to give him the satisfaction. Yeah, that guy stunk. It reminded me, I think Sophie and I were talking about this at one point. Have you seen the um the Steve Bartman 30 for 30? Oh, yeah. That was a great one. Very slept on 30 for 30. But they they got like everyone who was like in the crowd that night sitting around Bartman to like come interview. That was yeah. awesome. Like 10 years or like 15 years later, whenever it was. What happened to him now? Like, where is he now? Witness protection? I don't know. He I really like don't disappeared. Know. I mean, I think Moises Salou killed him. Yeah, he wanted Pissed on to his run. hands Shit. and then killed him. I, like Steve even, Bartman. I think even the Red Sox brought back Bill Buckner after they won a World Series. I mean, you'd think like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, good you point. Know, Maybe he resurfaced the Cubs after would bring they won. Him back. I will say one of the hottest Halloween costumes of all time was Steve Bartman walking yeah, around UNH. <laughs> I'd buy that guy a beer every time. Like this that was a good fucking one. guy. The <laughs> you imagine headphones. you lose your season because of Steve Bartman. But like, uh, like Buckner, this was game six. Yeah. They had every right to come back and win game seven. And, Couldn't do it. and if Moises Salou didn't react the way he did, they might've still won that game. Yeah, there's. Uh, I, I've always been a big Steve Bartman defender. Yeah, I mean, I just feel bad if for you the guy watch now. it. It's like anyone is gonna try and catch like a foul ball or a home run. Obviously, one hundred percent. What else are you gonna do? He happened to be sitting like where it's like a 50-50 ball, but he. I was just looking at some pictures. It looked closer to Bartman than Alou. Like that wasn't yeah. a guaranteed catch. Lou had. If put it this way, if Alou made that catch, it would have been one of the greatest catches of all time. Yeah. Like he would have dove into the crowd to end an inning and yeah. clinch like a national league pennant for the Cubs. Yeah. I think, I think uh, hot take. I think Steve Bartman's like the biggest scapegoat of like one of the biggest scapegoats in, in baseball history. I would have poor guys that, it's the wrong place at the wrong time. The only thing I think that hurts him is going to a baseball game by yourself and, and listening to the broadcast on headphones is a tough look. I think that might have yeah. distracted him from what's what was going on. Because if you remember the documentary, like they almost said it like he didn't realize what happened for another like 45 minutes. And they're yeah. like, they're like, Bartman, we noticed Steve was like getting uneasy because he must have been listening to the play-by-play announcers on his radio, but it was like a 10-second delay. So while everyone was ready to kill him, he didn't know for another 20 to 30 seconds what actually happened. <laughs> So I picture these guys like hounding him and Bartman just listening to his headphones watching the Cubs <laughs> thinking it's just another 3-2 pitch. Well, uh, like, no. Uh, you would think, again, back to the context clues, when yeah. Moises Alou is MFing you in Spanish and throwing yeah. his, a temper tantrum on the foul line, oh, yeah, maybe you figured out you fucked up it somehow, you know? Right. Well, it's just kind of so angry. If he leaves, like, do they make a documentary on him? No, because nobody knows who he is. Also, if they win, they don't make a documentary. Oh, yeah. Like, not Definitely even close. Not. Same with Buckner. You never know who Bill Buckner was if they won game seven. Yeah. Like, there's been plenty of errors or, like, bonehead plays in non-clinching games. It's just you, you soon forget about him. And why Buckner had, it? like, a great career, too. He had, like, yeah. 2,700 hits. Yeah. It's a shitload of hits. 
Imagine if Moises Alou had tried to piss on him immediately, like from left field. I wouldn't be surprised if <laughs> just he did between, between innings. There. Yeah. Oh, man. What a weird, what a weird story. You know about that? You know what he's talking about? Yeah. Justin? Get your him hands and, out, Steve. Him and Posada used to do that, that too. too. Used to piss. Yeah. A lot of those dudes used to piss on their hands to harden them up, which is fucking disgusting. He's up there for like my all-time least favorite Yankees, Jorge Posada. He oh, was just bad. such a such a sleazeball. Yeah. Perfect Yankee. Can't picture yeah. him anywhere else. Know who looks yeah. like a Yankee? I noticed today is Joe Shave Joey Gallo just looks like a Yankee. Yeah. Looks he like does. a douchebag Yankee. I, so does I said uh, the same thing about Jordan Montgomery. I was just gonna ask you, yeah, whoever there, started yeah. today. That's a that's a Yankee. <laughs> that guy is like, like a, a Yankees poster boy. Pasty white corn fed dude like six yep. five lefty yep. doesn't throw overly hard but it's like yep you come to the right place slow enough that you're like oh my god we're losing to this fucking guy yep. brett right Gardner. the yankee brett gardner i remember shave like, shave genus head yeah <laughs> <laughs> shave oh, giambi was a yankee i yeah, remember yep. that stupid ass headshot when he first got there it's like yep that's a yankee and he anything- was a yankee Anything Gino more Martinez. outdated than oh, the shaving? The worst. The worst. I, I that should be more controversial than a mandatory vaccine, a mandatory shaving to come play for the Yankees. It's bizarre. Get the fuck like, out of my life. You can have like a closed crop mustache, and that's it. You got to have like a high and tight. It's like going into the right, military. The fucking Marines. In yeah. Yeah. No shit. Dude. It's like the opening to Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> Welcome to the Yankees. <laughs> Oh. oh boy, is that a tough look? It, it'd be different. I think they started doing that when they were like the Yankees, like winning the mm-hmm. pennant every year. You could justify it. Yeah. Like when you're just like an average shitty Yankees team, I'd be like, you know, if they sign like, I don't know, who like the last big name they signed was like Garrett Garrett Cole. Like no fucking chance. If I want, just pay me three hundred million dollars. I want to have a beard. I'm gonna have a beard. And I assume well, that was probably a George Steinbrenner thing too, right? Oh yeah, he's crazy. One hundred percent. It's time to break it. Time to snap it. Yeah, like, Joey what? Gallo looks weird. Clean like, yeah, so does Ruth Neto Door looks yeah. weird too without a beard. Yeah, let, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's the poster child for following the rules. Yeah, well, like what's gonna happen if they don't shave? Like if Garrett Cole just says, "Hey, Brian Cash, Contract fuck you, I'm not <laughs> shaving my beard." Like if they find him Rips over and contract. over again, the players' union's gonna fight him, and they're gonna be like, "Yeah, you're not gonna find him anymore for this. That's so stupid." And then Very weird. And then if, you know, if he does, like, he's not going to pay all that. But like, no, fuck you. I'm not paying all that money. Like, mm-hmm. like what mm-hmm. are you going to do? You're going to bench me? I, you pay me $324 million. Like, I, I start every five days, pal. Like, you're going to get fired before I do. <laughs> it's like when uh, Johnny Damon left the Red Sox with his crazy ass hair and went to the oh, Yankees. Yeah. What a sellout. That was the worst. Total that, sellout. That was one of the bigger, like, the more disappointing, like, athlete moving so i'm trying to think we're probably like i'm i'm gonna I'm grow an adult now i don't i'm not that emotionally mm. attached to players anymore but as a right. kid like yeah i was like i was pissed yeah like there's nothing oh, yeah. worse than those videos you see like I, people think they're funny but i think they're extremely relatable like their parents will like tell a little kid like hey like your best your favorite players got traded like to another team and they break down crying it's like no that, that shit's real life <laughs> like like these are my heroes like when Johnny yeah. Damon left, that was tough. I'm trying to think what else. I guess I was a little older, but I was pissed when Manny left, when Pedro left. Hmm. Uh, what else? I was pissed when Carl Crawford came. 
what I got to say, one of my worst takes ever. I have two really bad takes I always point to. Mm-hmm. One of them is I thought J.R. Bremer was going to be a star for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. He played one season in Boston, and then yeah. he ended up in, like, Serbia for the rest of his life. And uh, <laughs> and two, I, I was excited about Carl Crawford. Yeah, I should rephrase. At the time, that was a I thought it was a good move, but – Historically, like, maybe the worst contract in, in Boston. Oh, buddy. Like, it was, that was a bad one. There. Yeah, that was, that was a tough one. It's like you Carl Everett over Carl, Carl Crawford. Carl Everett's one of my favorite Red Sox of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a wild card. Yep. He, great, Carl Everett. Great really guy. Great locker roofie. room guy. Oh, yeah. He gave you a roofie? No, sorry. I, I, I choked on my, sorry, uh, my, different my, Carl. my drink here. Yeah. Sorry. Different Carl. Yeah. No, Carl Crawford. Carl, Carl from Everett. Always, Always made he was the first guy that that gave me an appreciation for the lunatic star. Oh, yeah, you know, fan. Mm-hmm. when he headbutted the umpire, like again, another iconic, weird sports moment. Mm-hmm. Who is the guy who just like kicked the catcher in the face? Is he Alcantara? Yeah, <laughs> great moment. <laughs> Nobody Fuck knows you. him for anything other than that. <laughs> no. no, don't need to. I wish that happened in the Twitter age because that oh, would be yeah, such yeah, a one. that would be a, a national story. Mm. And I feel like only New Englanders really know that. You know, that you know one, what else? Go ahead. Yeah. This, this you know is good, what else Sophie. would be a, a good uh, a good story if Twitter was around today? Mm-hmm. Former Red Sox closer, Uga Thurbina. Oh, yeah. Oh. Tried to he kill someone? massacre a bunch yeah. of migrant workers on his farm with a machete. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And went to prison in Venezuela for like yeah. 10 years. That doesn't get talked about at all. Great bullpen. Is he still arm. alive? Oh yeah, I think he's out of jail know. now. Because wasn't there a Red Sox reliever that uh, I was going to say like, this got has killed happened in his home country a few times? Hmm. There's all there's. I, a, I might there's be thinking of num- different. No, team. there's a number of like baseball players who've gotten involved in like very serious crimes, yeah. like either like literally working with like the cartel or the Ugathur Bina thing. Um. David Ortiz, you could argue, is a big star. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we still don't know what the fuck that that story was. Yeah, what, what the talking hell happened about? there? When he got shot. When he got shot. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's right. When was that? Yeah, that? What was that about? That was like two years ago now, right? That was either in, in last Puerto June Rico or the June before. Or in the Dominican? It, it in the was, Dominican, yeah. You know what it was? Wow. It was when the Bruins were in the cup finals against the Blues. Because everybody was like trying to make like a thing on, you know, all the sports talk radios. What if yeah, Poppy yeah. came and, oh, and yeah. dropped the puck or waved the flag or, or whatever the hell they do? Who it's like, yo, man, like Poppy. he just got shot. Like he almost died. Like he's got a bullet in him. Like, you know, let the man rest. For God's yeah, sake! And the story I, was like—I bet that, he has some stories. Yeah, the story was that he was cheating on his wife uh, with a girl who was the mistress of a like big-time Dominican gangster, and that's who oh, pulled wow. up and fucking shot him from like wow. point-blank distance. Point blank. Jesus, that's like a uh, assassination attempt. Yeah, opinion. yeah. Jeez, yeah, because I, I, I couldn't for the life of me think of anybody that would want to shoot Big Poppy. He's like the most universally beloved athlete everywhere except New York City, I feel. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I'm try- I don't know what I know there was another big one. I thought 
damn it. It wasn't who we get there being. It was another guy. I thought it was somewhat recent who got busted for like big time, like big up there in the drug game. I remember Lenny Sam Dykstra, Hurd, Grand Theft Auto. former uh, former cowboy Sam Hurd got mm. arrested for moving a, a shitload of coke. You guys remember when Rod Beck died? Yes. That was a sad day. May he rest in peace. Did El Guapo, did Rich Garces die? No, he's still alive. Okay, that's good. Good to hear. He was, Red he was Sox really are franched, uh, franched, cursed franchise. He was the pitching was so coach for the Nashua crazy. Pride for a little while there, Dan. Yep, sure was. Yeah. <laughs> this guy was incredible. Career 4.7 war, 23 yeah. and 10. Oh, I think I know what story Dan's talking about. I think Hanley Ramirez was linked to whoever it is that you're thinking of. Yeah. Because it was mentioned on Sports team. Hub last year where they were like, we can't say it, but there's definitely rumblings well, behind closed doors. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen, I know I brought it up to, ooh, the story of Hanley Ramirez, the drug kingpin who never was. I'm going to bookmark that? that for later. <laughs> oh, paywall go to fucking hell i might i might pay for this one <laughs> this that's an... probably worth it it'd be worth it <laughs> um what was i gonna say have you seen justin the doc it's a documentary it was on netflix it's called screwball it's about like the oh. balco investigation with a no. and dude but i need to watch that it's now. like one i know ev- like everybody has like this movie or the show that like you just you need to watch this like go preach to people to watch it it's it's one of the greatest things i've ever it's so good it's it was directed by um billy corbin who's mm. the guy who did like the you documentary you. big miami guy yeah it's dude it's so good because the way they film it all the reenactments they they it's hilarious like the reenactments they cast kids to play the roles of like these adults so it's almost like <laughs> I'll send YouTube like the the trailer. It's almost like a kid's like like play you go to see in like elementary school. Yeah. But it's about like one of like, you know, the biggest like busts in like baseball history. It, it's so good, like how crazy <laughs> this shit got. Um yeah. like scenes of like this this doctor. Honestly, like like that arrested development clip I sent you, just like a clearly phony doctor in like a fake lab coat just like writing these bullshit prescriptions <laughs> and then just throwing them out in like a baseball locker room for everyone to take it's uh it's really good but one other thing i want to talk about real quick so yeah. you we talked about this before so this this series on netflix going back mm-hmm. to malice in the palace yeah i still don't know how it's set up i'm pretty sure it's one like one episode is malice in the palace yeah. but if you watch the intro they kind of hinted at other stuff right there's like a, it looks like a swimming story yeah, I, I can't I imagine doing, what the other episodes are. Soapy, do you know? Like, I think they're doing like a diff. What every week is like a new episode on something new. Right? I just remember there was like a swimming like fucking thing. I don't know if that means anything, but yeah, because like I want to say like Danis or something or Michael Phelps. That'd be a good one. Like the title of the the program was something, and then Malice at the Palace was like right. the name of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So correct. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it is like some sort of anthology. So I my question is un, untold story. Untold the title like of that. It, yeah. yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? I was gonna ask like what you guys think would be other good stories or like things like because if it's just one and done episode, like they did it, I think Ooh. I think I think that could be a great idea for like a series. Like, the one I thought, which I would love to see, is a story on either the early 2000s Portland Trailblazers. 
with like young Jermaine O'Neal, Rasheed Wallace, Zach yeah, Randolph, the Jailblazers. Like all, yeah. yeah, pretty much. And uh, a sit down about the 2001 Sacramento Kings in the game that Tim Donaghy admitted to throwing. And like those, there's a bunch, like not very well produced, but there's a bunch of like, like quote unquote, like documentaries on YouTube about that. It's like so blasphemous. Like when they actually like show yeah. the calls and like how, how like blatant they made it. It's so fucked. It's like one of my favorite, like, uh, like sports stories, like how bad that series was officiated and, and just Tim Donaghy in general. I'm surprised he doesn't have more, he was in that documentary, actually, wasn't he? Yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah, he was the ref <laughs> in, the, in the Malice at the Palace game. Yeah, of course, of course, he was. I set the whole thing up. <laughs> no fucking shit, dude. Oh man, yeah. I'd like to see that. Uh, Do you have any stuff soap? Is always good. Yeah, go ahead, soap. I, I just thought of this. I know we didn't like prepare for it. No, I'm like trying to think because I definitely had one like off the top of my head, but I'm I'm I don't have it I, right the second. I'd like to see. I'd still like to see something really detailed on like Spygate or hmm. Deflategate. I was gonna say, why was Malcolm Butler benched? So that that Super too. Bowl, that that's too. a good one. You, you could you could do like ten seasons worth of just Patriots things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the end the of the dynasty game, would be interesting. I think something on that Raiders game would be interesting. Like have a sit yeah. down with Charles Woodson, John Gruden, Tom Brady, Belichick, mm-hmm. whoever. Yeah, Jermaine Rich Gannon. <laughs> Rich Gannon. <laughs> Greg um, Beekert, the guy that rec- uh, you know recovered the fumble. Yep. Adam Venetary's foot. Well, actually, I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that Brady documentary is coming out at fucking some point. I I don't know if they're gonna because de- they won the Super Bowl Deflategate year. Yeah. So I don't know who knows. And the Malcolm Butler year, I mean, they didn't win, but I think it's one for every Super Bowl. So I don't know how how deep they're going to get into it. if it's ESPN. I don't know. I still think ESPN is afraid to like piss Bill Belichick off. I know they hate the Patriots, but I can't imagine an ESPN sitting down and like saying, Hey Bill, like talk to us about how you've cheated your way into seven rings, please. Yeah. Who would they even have like interviewing him? <laughs> Scott know. Van Pelt. Yeah. Jeremy. Yeah, Shaw. I don't know. Wow. That's a good one. I, I'm, uh, I'm like, I'm I having saw trouble on, thinking um, of stuff. Well, I think know? it was either maybe it's Jenkins and Jones or an old mixtape or something, but they were talking mm-hmm. about like the reason last dance I think was so good is because it's been 20 years since like all this stuff. Right. You know what I mean? I, I still think it's too early to have a real meaningful like Patriots documentary or like a Tom Brady. Like, I don't yeah. think I'm going to learn much new last dance was great. Cause it was stuff I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. We know everything, you know what I mean? Like, I think we know everything we are probably going to know about the Patriots on Tom Brady, at least that they're going to talk about themselves like players, you know what I mean? But so I don't, I mean, I'll watch it. It'll be fine, but it's almost going to be like that Tom versus time thing. It's like, this is cool, but I can just go on his Instagram and see the same fucking stuff. Like it's it's happening in real time. (laughs) So Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I I did get a I did get a good mailbag question and oh yeah I, yeah go ahead. you guys would would like here uh, I actually got got two pretty good ones that that, we can, that we can talk about um, let's see here where is someone it? actually mailed you a letter to read to us yes yeah exactly wow. yeah that's sick <laughs> shout out USPS um, the first one that I got was a DM um, hmm. 
So let's see here. It was, I misplaced it. There it is. Jesus Christ. Uh, what current NBA player would be the best in the nineties and what nineties player would do the best today? Good question. I got an answer. I got two answers. Go ahead. I got three got answers. Yeah. I go got, ahead. I'm going Kawhi, DeRozan and clay to be in the nineties. Yeah, I'm, I basically I just chose like three guys with the best mid range game that I can think of, and two of the three are are also really good on defense, so they'd be perfect in a fifty nine fifty nine uh yeah battle. <laughs> I I battle think Kawhi Kawhi would be happy playing in like the sixties. Like I don't really yeah. think it matters where he plays as long as he doesn't have to talk to anyone and he doesn't have to legally tell his family where he works. I think he'd yeah. be be happy. <laughs> yeah, DeRozan's a good one. DeRozan could cook in the 90s. Clay would oh, be go bear. fuck in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Oh, Gobert would have been like... Yeah, because that was would, when, He would have like, been the face of the league. He'd have been fucking Patrick Ewing. Yeah. yeah. That was when rim protection and like not being mm. versatile on defense was actually Ideal. like scouted for. Yeah, he would have yeah. been like Matumbo or, or Given Ewing max or something. Contracts. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Uh, I don't know. I mean, players now playing in the nineties, like to your point, it's basically like, who's, who's the most physical guy, but at the same time, you'd almost be put on a more even playing field. So like, I was going to say like Giannis, but Giannis would be Charles Barkley. He'd be, you know, Larry Johnson, like Dennis Rod, like whatever. I think he's better than those guys, but you know what I mean? Like body yeah. type. So yeah, I don't know. I think Boogie would have been great in the nineties. Yeah, Boogie would have been great. Boogie would have been in Space Jam if he played in the nineties yeah. without oh, a shadow 100%. of a doubt. He would have he would have been he would have taken Sean Bradley right out of there. <laughs> I was gonna say that was yeah. his role. Yeah, I, for sure. I have a lot of issues with how they how they decided like how it was casted on stars. Yeah. Oh like really? They're, I don't know. They're, well, there are better <sighs> players than Sean Bradley. You can't get a better big guy than Sean well, Bradley. That was weird. Was George let's friends get into with him it. and we don't know about that? <laughs> It was uh, a very weirdly put together team. Very big, yeah. big heavy. On one team, yeah. they had Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, Larry John. It was it was Larry Johnson, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Sean Bradley, and Muggsy Pokes. It mm-hmm. was like, what are we doing here? They, yeah, they had one. <laughs> no shooting guard to be found. one guard and four power, yeah. three power forwards and a They had center. the smallest guy in the league and then a bunch of fucking bruisers. And then Sean Bradley, <laughs> rim protector. Yeah, they, they should have just had Tweety Bird run the break. Yeah, they, no kidding. Push the ball like Steve Nash. Like um, they did not exploit those matchups whatsoever. Got, guys, I think would have been really good today. Yeah. I, I, I say this all the time. Antoine Walker would have been much better today than he was in yep. the 90s. Oh, he was he'd, a he'd be Clay four. Thompson. Absolutely. Yeah. Stretch he'd be catch four. and shoot all day. Yep. And oh. I also think Sean Kemp would have been great today too. He'd I think oh, yeah. pre-cocaine Sean Kemp was the motherfucking ah. truth. And I will take oh, yeah. that to my grave, you know? Yeah, if he can bring cocaine to the current day, he's first team all pro <laughs> comfortably. Yeah. Mm. I, it's he was just, still good when they sent him to Cleveland, but you know, he yeah. had to go to rehab. But I just feel like like the more I watch like last dance and even like that stuff that wasn't terribly long ago, I just feel like that's like like dunking on someone just doesn't happen as much anymore because they're all like Sean can't like disrespectful dunks. I just don't think they're a thing anymore. Like today, a disrespectful dunk is like a dunk and then turn back and like high five with like your team or like look at the cameras or do like a fucking dance or something. 
back yeah. then it was like, I'm going to dunk on you like Sean Kemp and like literally walk over your body yeah. and like taunt you and like, and, call and you do the, bitch. do the point to Alton Lister or <laughs> when, when Shaq put Chris Dudley into the stands and Chris <laughs> Dudley threw the ball row. at him. What a cool <laughs> boy. Yeah. Um, those are good ones. I'm trying to think. Um, I think of like a spot up. Antoine's a good one. Glenn Rice. I bet Glenn Rice could cook in like the 2010s. Hmm. Another just catch yeah. and shoot guy who don't need to ask much else from him. Then there's like vert. Like I think like guys like Penny Hardaway could probably play yeah. at any time. Just like super athletic guys who can handle the ball. Yeah. Michael Jordan, maybe. I don't know. Shaq would be uh, great today, obviously. I'd love to see prime yeah. Shaq in 2021. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. He'd be, he'd be 35 and 13, like, on a bad night. Like, who's going to match up with Shaquille O'Neal, like, yeah. right now? Seriously, Rudy Gobert? Like, yeah. As, as much shit as Shaq talks, like, on TNT, he, very few times, like, is he, like, telling lies. Like, yeah. he, you couldn't match up against him. It's nearly impossible. And that like, was when there were more players like him. Today? Yeah. You know, who's yeah. gonna, like prime like Shaq. Was, like, what are you going to do? Prime Shaq was a whole nother animal, man. Like you couldn't stop mm-hmm. him with anything. You could put a train car in front of the hoop and he'd find a way around it. Like, I actually genuinely think about that. Like how, how there were times where he didn't score on every possession against like yeah. certain teams. Like, I think if he truly wanted to, and maybe he was in a little better shape. Like what, what do you think's prime Shaq? Late nineties to probably oh two, oh three. Yeah, like Lakers three Pete Shaq. Like yeah, that's what I Lakers. think. I think he was perfect balance of like athleticism and size. Because Magic, he was not small, but he was a little lighter in LA than LA. And then after LA, he was just big. He just got gradually larger and slower, yeah. like as time went on. I think but yeah, it was it's it like you're watching the Lakers in warmups. Yeah. It's like I think it was 2000, 2001, one, two, three, four. That was his. That was his peak. I think was the think the so year too. he averaged like a double double with like four blocks. Like, like he yeah, was just unstoppable. Crazy. He shot like seventy yep. percent from the floor, mm-hmm. all dunks, <laughs> matching you up know? against Vladi Divac and Scott Pollard in the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> and uh, since since we're on the Shaq topic, the other Please. good question I, I got was Shaq related, and you guys will like this one. This is a good one. Who wins in a fight? Shaq versus the Wu-Tang Clan. Everyone gets a sword, but Shaq gets three years to train. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so him versus the entire group or like one The by entirety one? of the Wu-Tang Clan, yeah. Jeez. Oh, so they all have swords? Yeah. <laughs> the Shaolin, baby. Right. Yeah. Enter the Shaolin. I, I mean... The, I think the thing of it, it has to come down to how many of them does he have to face at once? Yeah. Sure. If it's one at a time, like that's you know, the question tired, of any but... lopsided battle. Yeah. How do you strategically fight more people than you? But then at a certain point too, no matter how many people you have against him, it's like, yeah, there's already two of us fighting him. The third person isn't going to be able to do too much. So mm. it's like, I don't know. But I don't also know. how many are there? So there's Riza, Jizza. So at least like seven. ODB. Inspect the deck. Yep. Ghostface. Ghostface. Man. Six. Yep. Red uh, Man. You God. You God. Master Killer. Eight. You say inspect the deck already? Yeah. 
And ODB is dead, so he doesn't count. <laughs> and I don't think he would add much to the mix if he was yeah. alive. Right. Capadonna. Well, it's, um, it's interesting because, like, I, I always think the same thing. If you watch, like, a movie or, like, like Ninja Turtles, like, when it's mm. four against, like, 100 Foot Clan members, you're mm. right. Like, they still somehow, for whatever reason, decide to match up one-on-one while everyone yeah. else just waits to, like, afterwards. <laughs> hey, you know guys, a good one? man-to-man, with, no double yeah. teams here. Yeah, hey, there's rules here, guys. Um, you remember the the putties from like Power Rangers? Yeah, they would they they were unlimited. Like they would just form themselves, and they would yeah. get cooked every time, dude. It'd be four <laughs> on a hundred. They were just it was like a minus five hundred money line for the Power Rangers every time. Like no matter what, no matter yeah. what the odds were. So I don't know. I think, I, but again, again, three years for Shaq to prepare. Who knows? That's a long time to like really get the logistics down of how I'm going to do this. Cause I know he's an, he's like an amateur Kung Fu guy. You know, he's got the whole Shaq, Shaq Fu, Fu thing. Going he fucking on. does everything. Yeah. He's like literally he, in every, I think he's in more things than he's not. Like, like he's I certified he in his, law enforcement too, somehow. Yeah. He's an actor. He represents pretty much every mid-major company that has an advertising budget. Yeah. Uh, pretty yeah. good basketball player. An actor. He's a pizza chef. Rapper. With Papa John's. He took over yeah. for Papa John. Not a lot of people like to talk about. Uh, Whatever happened to Peyton, Peyton Manning was a big pizza guy, no? Wasn't he Papa John's? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds right. I think when his boy got ousted, Peyton was like, no, nah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm uh, out, too. This is kind of yeah. a partner deal. Kind of <laughs> yeah. two for one deal. Package deal. <laughs> yeah. Pop. Jack, this seems like a little more of your thing. I, I think I think one of the greatest uh, – whiskers tweets i ever saw was shaq would do a commercial for genocide if the check came up yeah, <laughs> yeah i like i don't know like i don't know what his portfolio looks like it must be like 30 pages of just oh, everything man. he has his hands in he, he has to be just like he is like the poster child for like um residual income <laughs> just like <laughs> his direct deposit is just like here and he's, here and there all day. He's just the guy that runs LLC Twitter and LLC Instagram. Like he's the guy behind he's all big LLC. Yeah, big. <laughs> big business. Not to mention, I'm sure he's made, I don't know, half a billion dollars in basketball contracts between oh, yeah. shoes and actual contracts. It's got icy hot. What do you think? Like, if I Google Shaq's net worth, what do you think that looks like? I and again, I don't know how someone can even calculate this. Well, it's I've never really heard him called a billionaire, which is unbelievable. So I'm going to say he's half a billion. Because mm. I feel like yeah. once someone makes a B, like yeah, you know hear about, about it. it. Yeah. I just I just Googled simply Shaq's net worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's an article from NBC Sports. His estimated net worth is said to be 400 million. He's he's the joint owner of. 155 Five Guys Burgers restaurants, <laughs> 17 Auntie Anne's Pretzel restaurants. God damn. 150 car washes. Holy shit. 40 24-hour fitness centers, a shopping center, a movie theater, and several Las Vegas nightclubs. And then the article cuts off because you can only fit so much on a page. Holy shit. I've... Here we go. O'Neill has spoken on behalf of, to name just a few, a sleep apnea mask, a sugar substitute, Superman, Zales, Muscle Milk, Shaq Fu Punch, Chris Christie, 
Dunkman shoes, Dove Chocolate, Nintendo, Macy's, JCPenney, Comcast, Monster Speakers, NBA 2K, Gold oh, Shit, Gold Bond, a vodka brand, Buick, Taco Bell, Nestle Crunch, Holy Icy shit. Hot, Pepsi, Wheaties, Oreos, and Burger King. Oh my god! I think there's a lot of like uh, seems to be a word? lot of competition there. I was going to say a lot of overlap. Macy's yeah. and J.C. Penney's back to back is interesting. It reminds me of uh, that Dave Chappelle stand-up when he's talking about advertising with Coke and Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a they both load, of them man. pay me. To be honest with you, I can't taste the difference. But <laughs> Pepsi pays me more, so tastes better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shaq's, uh, Shaq's well-invested. Oh, I, yeah, that, that's fine. I'd like to see him do. You ever see those YouTube videos? It's like day in the life of like a celebrity and yeah. they run through like their schedule. I can't even imagine. Not to mention, he's on a full time, highly popular NBA pre and post game show. Yeah, I don't know where he finds the, the hours in the day, man. Jesus. Yeah, good for him. And I think he has like 12 kids too. He's got like a big family. Yeah, he does. Got a Huge bunch of shacks running around. Either on all the smoke or a million dollars worth of game, he was talking about that, and he was just like, "Yeah, my day is just meetings all day, like, and looking course. at new business ventures." <laughs> yeah. I, how do you? Well, I, the last thing I would want to do is add more business ventures to that list. Yeah. I I I'd go to my financial advisor and be like, "How can I like, you know, undiversify my portfolio?" Are any of these expiring soon? Yeah. All right. How do are I any get of these expiring this? deals? Yeah. yeah. Can I option out of this? Yeah, I'd Can like I to resign re- from reversify like my portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> Can I maybe cut it down to like 55 guys instead of 155 for uh, at least for the holidays? Yeah, that's a shitload, man. Um Good for him. But I have a yeah, question but, for you, Justin. Yeah, hit me. Jeez. Did you happen to see either of the videos that I tweeted at Dan yesterday about Sage Steel? No. What oh, happened? These are, I missed these, are, these are really good. All right. I'm gonna tag <laughs> never, you in both of them. I've never seen these. 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 these are uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, let's see here. Was one of them the Doug Collins video? That was one. That yes. one I've seen when he when him and I actually Jaylen thought Rose the other another, one the rap music. I thought the other one was worse. <laughs> All right, I'll tag you in the other one then. I've definitely never right. seen the other one. Dude, that I'm rap one though is so good because because Jalen Rose laughs in her face once, he and then was. he's like, "Wait, you really?" And then just like laughs again hysterically. He was dumbfounded. Could couldn't believe that she didn't know the reference. That sounds She's, about right. Speaking of pros, pros, she is. No, just, and then I forget that on the edge of the screen is uh, Bill Simmons, who's probably like, "Oh fuck, I don't know that reference either." But shit. I'm glad Sage got this one. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that pro so. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to go watch those, man. I, I love that Doug Collins video. I didn't see the other one. Yeah, um, they're really good. I just so that, tagged that, you in the other one, I think. The Doug Collins one's a classic. And I've never seen it, either of those. Nobody has a better a hairline thing. than Jalen Rose. I gotta say, it, like nah. just crispy. Oh, you could carve a turkey with that hairline. Yeah, his, his barber's Ooh, first ballot Hall of Fame. Him and him and David Ortiz have to just uh, – I know David Ortiz does, for a fact, employ a barber mm. full-time that just travels around with him and, and shapes him up every day. I think uh, most like, most people who can afford it do that. That seems like a, yeah. a valid expense. Yeah. Seriously. Reasonable, I would think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I, no, I think yeah. Car- Carabas has a low key, pretty nice lineup typically too. He does. Yeah. yeah. Probably the best lineup in podcasting between those two guys. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Unbelievable. (laughs) The most lined up podcast hosts in the game. Oh yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, what what do you think guys? I know Dan, I know you gotta, you gotta probably hop off and out here. So um, tell us where to download and find you guys. Uh, Yeah. So it's the Morse code podcast, um, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever at the Morse code pod on, uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm at DJ Morse 126. But I, I think I said this last time. If you like Justin's show, probably like our show and vice versa. Yep. Um, talk a lot of basketball, talk a lot of Brenneman, talk a lot of uh just like bullshit like that. So yeah, it, it's weird. Like it's I I feel and again, I think I think they said this like on an old episode of mixtape. It's like I think NBA culture has just become like 20% basketball and 80% just like funny shit that happens on the internet. Yeah. Like yeah. NBA fans naturally enjoy all these other funny things like the Castellanos event. Like that couldn't be farther from a, a basketball story. Yeah, oh, yeah. But there's definitely a certain clientele of people who enjoy that story and find it funny yeah. present company included. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Like, I don't know how in depth you guys get with your programming, but ours is pretty much like, all right, like we'll hit on a couple games, see what Jerry Jones did on Hard Knocks, and then we'll just go on Twitter and find some weird video that's that's making the rounds. And that's pretty yeah. much it. That's yeah. what it was. Last time you were on, the big trending topic was that lady talking about uh, restaurant bread and bread. Oh, yeah, took the took the nation by storm. Nothing to do with a box score. Not at all. I have no idea what her plus minus was in the fourth quarter of playoff games. <laughs> no <laughs> clue. Couldn't tell. We you. could use her right now. Between the vaccine and the Afghanistan thing, we could use that lady right now to unite yeah. everyone. Yes, yeah. correct. Absolutely. One common goal. Yeah. 97%, I think, is what the final point it, it was. Yeah. Let's hating, get this hating bread. the girl who would eat bread. Yeah, let's get this bread. Never going to be on board. Bread I don't want <laughs> bread, definitely bread it. Tom Bredeman. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely don't want to know anyone in that 3% minority. Oh. I, I'm a very open, accepting person. That, that's a minority I want nothing to do with. Yeah. Not in my country. Sorry. No. See ya. <laughs> yeah. No shit. No, uh, not at all. Sophie, anything? Yeah, that's our any, show in a nutshell. Good. So, any any last words, Sophie? Anything? Where can we find you? Any last Tell us. Words. Uh, same thing. Uh, Twitter, Sophie underscore, and yeah, in your parlor account. Is that at Cambodian Prince? I've been suspended, so I've got to come up with a Ooh, new username. <laughs> I I wonder if you can get suspended from Parlor. Like, what that tweet would have to look like. It actually. Uh, be like, I was leaning hard left recently. I was going to say so. it'd be the opposite of getting suspended <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, you, you were found out by the the red yeah. hat white letter gang. <laughs> Big time. Busted. But uh, yeah, man. Thanks again for uh, for having us on, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming on, guys. Great to have you. Glad we got a chance to chop it up here and, you know, do our, our requisite monthly uh, Tom Brenneman uh, support group conversation. But, um, yeah, follow follow our pod on, on Instagram and Twitter at HCTB pod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JLang20. But uh, any last words, boys? Nope. Good here. Good here. Thanks for tuning in. We'll uh, see you next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.